kind of guy who got literally if my sister brought him home, I'd be terrified. <laughs> but he- but- Welcome back to the Irish Bears show. It is great to be back. It's great to be able to talk Bears. It's great to be able to talk NFL draft because really, Bears season's over. We're patiently waiting for free agency to slowly get along. So what better way to talk some football than talking NFL draft? And with us, we have Justin Mello from the Draft Network. Justin, first of all, welcome to the show. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. Appreciate you guys for having me. Uh, I think this might be my international debut. I'm not sure that I've done many shows uh, across the pond. And I'm of European descent myself, so I'm always excited to sit down here with a, cu- with a couple of uh, European gentlemen. Yeah, absolutely. Seth is one of our, as we like to say on the show, one of our American correspondents because some of the other Europeans are not available today. But you have me. You have a, an Irish lad right here. Seth, it is great to have you on the show again. I know you weren't able to make it on on Monday. How are you doing, my friend? Doing, doing well. Happy to uh, throw my hat in the ring as the uh, the American, you know, counterpart uh, today. So always, always fun. Although I, I did say at some point in time, I'll I'll, I'll uh, throw my hat in the ring of trying to pronounce some some Irish uh, slang and terminology. It's all right if the Bears somehow get to play against the Kansas City Chiefs in Germany. We'll We'll do do something around that. But look, Justin, it is great to have you on the show. It just goes by chance. We were talking off off air here where you've done a load of interviews of guys that are going to the Senior Bowl. And with the Senior Bowl coming up, we were saying we've done, like everybody, I think at this point, a bunch of mock drafts, a bunch of looking at the, the top prospects. But now it's actually time to look at some of these guys that are hitting the Senior Bowl. And I was I was looking at it, doing a bit of research into the guys this is probably going to be one of the more exciting games over the last couple of seasons. There's a lot of talent down in Mobile this year. Yeah, Jim Nagy and the entire Senior Bowl crew and staff, they've done a tremendous job getting quality talent uh, down to Mobile over the last couple of years. And I would agree, I think this year is no different where you're going to have a ton of top 30, top 50, top 100 prospects in attendance. The competition's going to be at an all-time high. I've been lucky enough, uh, you know, partnered with the Senior Bowl. We did the draft network where I've been previewing the the Senior Bowl by interviewing players who are going to be in attendance. And I can tell you the competition level is going to be at an all-time high. Everyone's so excited to get down there, strap the pads on and show what they're all about in front of really every scout, every coach, every general manager in the league uh, is going to be there. So really exciting time for these kids. Yeah, it's a, it's a really exciting time for them. It's a really exciting time for Bears fans. They have the number one pick in the draft. I think I've seen about a million different trade scenarios to go down. So it's always fun when your team is right at it at the at the top of the draft. You get to talk about all these different 
types of prospects as well. I guess before we get into the guys that will be at the senior bowl, when you kind of look at this and when you were kind of seeing as an overall preview for the 2023 draft class, what are some of the things that you take away from it, from your kind of early research on some of these guys? Because obviously every single year we have some position groups we say are very strong. I think a lot of people will agree the edge rusher class this year is, is very deep. And we've seen in previous years, it's been wide receivers. What's been some of your early takeaways from this upcoming draft class? I would agree with your assessment that the edge group is particularly deep. I think there are a lot of guys that aren't getting enough love, even in that second and third round range that I'm personally really high on. A guy like Keon White out of Georgia Tech, if you're not familiar with him, I think he played at 280, 290 pounds this year. He's got freakish movement skills uh, for a man of his size. Dylan Horton at TCU, I'm a big fan of, guy that can play both inside and outside. I think you'll see him continue to do that at the next level where he can rush off the edge and then he can reduce inside on, on third downs, allow you to get another uh, athletic edge rusher onto the field. I also look at this cornerback group, I think is incredibly deep. Uh, I'm a big fan of guys like Christian Gonzalez and Joey Porter Jr. at the top. But even when you get to that 60, 65, 75 range, a guy like Julius Brents out of Kansas State, who's going to be at the Senior Bowl, I'm a huge fan of. Terrific size and length. Emmanuel Forbes from Mississippi State. Uh, a career record setter, right? The most pick sixes, excuse me, in FBS history. That's a guy, you, you can't teach that, right? You, you either have a natural knack for the ball or you don't. I'm a big fan of both of those players. I think they sort of highlight how deep this edge and cornerback group is. And you talked about the receivers. I think that's a group that certainly has more questions this year than we've had in, in recent years, right? Uh, typically, you go into this class knowing um, who the number one receiver is going to be. I'm not so sure we know right now who the top receiver off the board is going to be. Certainly, you have Quinton Johnson out of TCU, who kind of left it late, right? We weren't sure if he was going to declare or not. I, I believe he announced his decision on, on deadline day. You got a guy like Jackson Smith and Jigba from Ohio State, who there are certainly some questions surrounding after he didn't play a lot of football this year. Uh, Kayshawn Butte from LSU, I think, was in, was out, and now he's in again. So a lot of questions uh, surrounding this receiver group. And I would say the same about the tackle group, uh, offensive tackle. I think lately you've had a strong group of guys over these past couple of years. I think you got a bit more questions this year. Peter Skaronsky from Northwestern, is he a tackle? Is he a guard? I think that's the big question on him. Some teams will view him as being capable of playing outside. Some others think he's going to have to kick inside. Paris Johnson Jr. from Ohio State, I think he kind of you know, captured some momentum as the year went on. And I would say the same for Georgia's Broderick Jones. So you got a lot of questions at, at tackle and receiver. Two positions you haven't, I, I don't think, had as many questions in previous years. And you got really strong groups, I think, at edge and cornerback. Yeah, absolutely. And look, it was actually one of the positions because we did a video earlier on the week. We like to do a, a mock draft Monday, but actually have some sort of like topic. And what it was was fixing the Bears offense. Mm. So we kind of spoke a lot about the receivers. We spoke a lot about the tackles. And it was really interesting, the differences of opinions that a lot of our commenters had. Some people liked Smith and Jigba. Some people liked Addison. Some people liked as you mentioned, um, with Quinton Johnson. So it's going to be an interesting group because I think, as you said, last year, I think everybody was saying any of the five guys who were going to pick in the first round were all, you could legitimately say, could be the top receiver in the draft class. This year, not so much. This one, I think it probably will depend if Smith and Jigba passes his medicals and if, he, if teams kind of 
are happy with that. I think that might change a couple of things. But even you've guys like Jalen Hyatt that came up this year where I don't think a lot of people expected him. Having that athleticism as well is going to push him up. But look, we're going to dive into the senior ball a little bit here. And I'm going to ask you one of the questions I actually asked you offline. You, you said you've done about 30 or 35 interviews at this point in time. In terms of with these guys, is there anybody that you came away with that you were very impressed with after speaking to them? Yeah, I mean, I've been impressed with, with most kids I've had a chance to speak to throughout the, the last few weeks. But two guys that, when you ask me that question, stick out in, in my mind immediately. One was Oregon State tight end Luke Musgrave, and the other was Stanford cornerback Caillou Blue Kelly. I'm impressed with both of them on tape. And then I came away incredibly impressed with them um, as players. I'll, I'll say this. I interviewed Musgrave after I'd interviewed another uh, a pass-catching gentleman. And I had asked him uh, what his favorite route to run is. And that, that first gentleman gave me a really basic answer. said, look, I, I like anything that gets the ball in my hands. Uh, I don't have a particular route that I favor. And look, that's fine, right? If, if, that, if that's your answer, that's, that's totally cool. And I, and I believe that. But then I, I interviewed Luke Musgrave next, and I asked him the exact same question. And he gives me a breakdown on what his favorite route is, what it's called um, in the Oregon State playbook. And then it ended up being something called a bridge route that, that's really similar to an over route, but there's an option to it. I won't give away the whole answer, but there's an option involved. And he broke down every single scenario for me on what the options are on that route based on the coverage. So we said, if we get cover four, we're breaking it 12 yards down the line. This is our rule for that route. If we get cover two, cover one, this is what we do on the route. This is why it's my favorite. I was just so blown away with the amount of detail he was willing to go into with that answer. And then on top of it, he's got NFL bloodlines, right? His, his uncle uh, was an offensive coordinator for, for several years for many different teams. His father played quarterback at Oregon. Uh, when I start talking to him about that, growing up in a football family, I just got the sense that this is a kid that really does genuinely love football. He plays it for the love of the game and the life lessons he's taught. Uh, it's taught him. And I would say something similar on Caillou Blue Kelly, where I asked him about playing press coverage. I asked him about playing zone coverage. And he got he was so willing to get into specifics with the Stanford defense, what their rules were. When, when a player's willing to do that and talk about you know their, their football IQ and, and talk about what they enjoy about doing within the structure of their offense or defense it always sort of uh, goes the extra mile for me and tells me this kid really loves football he's not sitting here just sort of giving me a basic answer and when you turn on the tape on both of those guys uh, you'll be equally as impressed Luke Musgrave is 6'6 250 pounds he's a mismatch weapon uh, the type of tight end NFL offenses are looking for nowadays think he has some ability to, to play attached up to the hip of the offensive lineman can can block but really does a lot of damage as a pass catcher and then I thought Caillou Blue Kelly was such a competitive corner, especially in press man coverage, which really nowadays it's a press man league, as I like to say. If you can't play press man, you're going to have a hard time surviving in this league nowadays. So those two guys really stuck out to me. Yeah, and it's something that I like when I when I hear some of the interviews that come out because guys that can go into those specifics and you can tell that they understand the game of football. It's not that... They're doing this because this is what they're told to do by their coach. They actually understand. And we always say this, and especially when it comes to cornerbacks, is that it's such a big jump up from the collegiate level to the NFL level. So if you can, if you're able to really explain all of these different intricacies of your defense or the opposing offenses, not only like 
we know there's only a certain amount of visits these coaches are going to be able to get for some of these players. So to know that somebody has that intelligence is really important because we always say the rookies that tend to do the best in their first year, are the ones that you know that they don't make many mental errors because that's the biggest impact really in that first year. Look, when we look at the actual rosters that kind of come up here in the senior belt, it is, it is ridiculous. Like we, we talk about guys like even one of the guys towards the top of the draft in like Tyree Wilson is some that a lot of people are talking about. Even the, in the, in, you mentioned some of the offensive tackles, but some of the interior guys is one that is a lot of people are excited about a lot of good centers this year. Some of those interior offensive linemen, you have a couple of running backs that are really interesting, like the likes of Chase, Chase Brown, Roshan Johnson. Um, and there's, there's more, you look at the receivers as well. Who are you looking forward to kind of seeing both in the practices, but actually the game for the senior bowl? Yeah, I, I mentioned, I think, offline. A guy like Dylan Horton, I'm especially excited to see out of TCU because that's a guy um, that his role changed a little this year in 2022. And, and I discussed that with him uh, in my Senior Bowl interview that will be publishing uh, within the next few days on thedraftnetwork.com. We talked about the how they changed formations. They asked him to play inside more this year than they had in previous years. And at the Senior Bowl, he's going to get an opportunity to play the edge, to play that his natural position and rush against offensive tackles. And I'm really excited. I know coaches and scouts are excited to see um, how he sort of handles that. You mentioned Roshan Johnson. I think that's a guy that I have sort of flying under the radar. He might be um, the best pass catcher among the running backs that are never mind that you know ones that are going to the senior bowl but in this entire class I think he's one of the better third down backs he's excellent in pass protection he catches a lot of football so I think there's going to be an opportunity for him to make an impact uh, certainly a bigger impact than I think some may realize um, at, at the senior bowl because we know how important that is nowadays right running backs that can uh, be a part of a stable, right? Be a part of a, a sort of a one-two punch that can play, come in the game on third down, catch the football out of the backfield, play in pass protection. I think people are really underrating Roshan Johnson um, from that perspective. So those two guys who are maybe flying under the radar a bit, not capturing a, a ton of attention on the Senior Bowl roster, Dylan Hoare and Roshan Johnson, can't wait to see them out there. Yeah, Roshan is one that we actually mentioned it on Monday, he's my ideal candidate for if the Bears wanted to go and get a another running back, whether that be if David Montgomery doesn't get signed and they sign someone kind of at a lower price in free agency to get somebody else in to add to that running back room. Like you said, the two things you always look for, especially in modern day kind of NFL when it comes to getting some of these guys in, can they block and can they catch the football out of the backfield? And the fact that he's able to do both I think there's going to be a lot of coaches that really, really like him as a prospect, but I also think that's what's going to make him go a lot higher than people are expecting. Obviously, the tough thing for him is the fact that he he was that backup for Texas, but when he came in, he was very, very impressive. And Seth, I know you have a question about the running backs here as well. Well, yeah, you had um had been speaking about you know some of the the you know pass catching abilities. I'm really interested to see how Spears from Tulane. Uh, does I, I'm really impressed with his skill set as a receiver. Uh, last time we uh, took a running back from Tulane, it worked out pretty darn well. Uh, and but I, I see some of the you know pass catching elements from him. I'm interested to see how they utilize him because I feel like he is a guy that you know if you do want to 
uh, in a formation kick out to the slot real quick and have him run some routes. I, I, I think he has the capabilities to do that, and uh, I, I think he could be kind of a, a sneaky good pick in this draft. Yeah, you're talking about a dynamic playmaker. Uh, I'm so glad you brought him up. I actually just spoke with him a few days ago. So that interview uh, between him and I is available on the Draft Network's website right now. We talked a lot about that, about his pass-catching ability. I'll, I'll say one thing about Tajay Spears again, dynamic playmaker. He's going to shine in that football setting, right, where you got those one-on-one reps. You're asking him to run routes out of the backfield. I, I feel bad, at all honesty, for some of the linebackers and safeties that are probably going to be tasked with lining up opposite him. In all honesty, that's almost a lose-lose situation, right, in that type of setting for most linebackers and safeties. And I imagine they're going to have a really difficult time with Tajay Spears at the Senior Bowl. Speaking to him, I'll, I'll say this. I thought he was one of the most colorful personalities I've come across. A really happy kid, a lot of confidence in his ability. He's overcome a ton of adversity. He had that season-ending knee injury a few years ago. We talked about how he overcame that. You can't keep this kid down. You, you knock him down, he's going to get up. I thought that's what I, I sort of took away from my conversation with him. And I think he's going to do really well in the interview room. I think he'll endear himself to teams at the Senior Bowl because I have a hard time picturing him not being himself in any setting he's in. Super colorful, super uh, a bubbly personality. I think teams are going to really like him because uh, he doesn't know how to be anyone else other than Tajay Spears. Yeah, and that's what you want from these from these kids. You don't want them to be all kind of tensed up and not be themselves, especially when they're talking to the coaches and to media members because, again, you want them to be who they are, and that's what – I think that does come through. Like, coaches know when you're not being real. Like, they know when you're not being yourself, and that's that's something that it's it goes that little bit extra mile for some of these guys. But I do want to talk about some of these receivers because – we, we spoke about it. Nobody knows who like the clear number one is, but even when you get a little bit further down, there's a lot of differing opinion of some of these guys. And it's a pretty impressive group that's going down to the senior bowl. Like obviously there's been a lot of publicity about kind of Rashid Rice possibly being kind of that second round pick, but you've guys like Dontavian Wicks, Xavier Hutchinson, you have, who, who was one of the other ones? Charlie Jones from Purdue, Trey Palmer from Nebraska. What are, when you look at this receiver group going down to the senior bill, what are you going to be looking out for? Because when we, when we talk about this entire class, I don't think there's any consensus at any level of this receiver class. So what is something that you're going to be looking out for both when you speak to some of the guys, but also when you see them in practice and in the game? Yeah, I'll highlight two guys that I recently had a chance to speak with. Uh, one of them you mentioned there is Xavier Hutchinson from Iowa State. I was really impressed with him as, as a human being. I thought his demeanor, his personality, extremely mature, understands football at a high level. And even on tape, before I even spoke to him, and I feel even strongly about this now, I got the impression, and I feel bold enough to make this prediction, that he's going to be one of these receivers that's going to be near the top of the receiving yards leader next year among rookies. I think he's a pro ready. I think he's ready to come in and contribute. You saw that with Alan Lazard a few years ago, right? Even though Lazard went undrafted, he kind of came in and was able to contribute for the Packers. And it's certainly, uh, you would normally say draft slots. He was a UDFA, but outperformed 
uh, sort of where they went in the draft. And I get a similar impression from Xavier Hutchinson. Now, he's certainly not going to go undrafted, but if you get him in that second or third round, I think you're going to be really thrilled with his production from day one. I think he's ready. The acclimation period, that's one thing I always think of when I think of receivers, right? Is How are they going to acclimate to the pro ranks? I get the impression that Xavier Hutchinson is going to make a flawless transition to the next level. Another guy that's going to be at the Senior Bowl, and I want to highlight him for a different reason, is Ronnie Bell from Michigan. Uh, what are some of the quickest ways a rookie can get on the field, right? That's through special teams, right? Ronnie Bell's coming into the league, going into the senior bowl is a guy that's fielded a lot of punts at the University of Michigan. I talked to him about that uh, in my interview as well. I asked him about playing special teams at the next level. He told me he hopes to continue returning punts. Uh, And when I think of him, and I hate to make a comparison because it's another Michigan receiver, and I think they're different, but I thought Donovan Peoples-Jones coming out of Michigan was a little underrated. You saw him grow into a receiver two role. This year um, for the Cleveland Browns, he was very productive for them. I think Ronnie Bell is going to be a very sound number three receiver at the next level. I think he's a guy that's going to make a team very happy, not going to make a lot of mistakes, not going to make many mental errors. And then you're going to get that added value uh, from him on special teams as a punt returner. So those are two guys I'm really excited to see in, in Mobile. That's Xavier Hutchinson and Ronnie Bell. Yeah, personally, when I get to watch the, the senior bell coverage, the one thing I think a lot of people – like to see is when the offensive line goes against the defensive line it's the it's the fun part of the day and we talk about it there's no consensus really at offensive tackle right there's a couple of guys that people like you mentioned kind of Skaronsky where will people see him as a tackle will they see him as a guard but you even look at some of the guys that are going down to mobile and there's a lot of guys that people are kind of very high on one that I think has gotten a lot of publicity late, lately is Darnell Wright from Tennessee, but you have guys like that might be a little bit later. Wanya Morris from Oklahoma, I watched him just recently and came away very impressed with, with him. And you mentioned some of the kind of defensive linemen, and Keon White was one, for example. If there's, just from the groups that are there, is there any offensive linemen and then defensive linemen that you're looking forward to for these one-on-ones because those are where some of those really good clips come out during these practices during the senior bowl. Yeah, I'll highlight two guys that I, that I think might be flying under the radar a little bit, underrated, one on each side of the ball. Um, offensively, it's a Syracuse offensive tackle, Matthew Bergeron. I'm really excited to see him out there. He's got experience playing multiple positions. I've spoken to some people that think he might be able to kick inside at the next level. And I think his performances at the senior bowl will probably be crucial to that conversation, right? How does he handle some of that speed coming off the edge? Does he have the foot speed to keep up with, uh, you know, these edge rushers who are going to be there and who are going to be relentless, right? All trying to prove themselves uh, as potentially being a double digit sack guy at the next level. So how Matthew Bergeron handles that challenge will be very interesting to me on the defensive side of the ball. A guy that I think is flying under the radar a little bit, you probably won't expect me to highlight, is uh, Keanu Benton from from Wisconsin. Uh, Keanu Benton is probably the best run stopper in this class. He's been uh, largely been a two-down guy um, at Wisconsin. And when I, when I spoke to him recently, I asked him about that, and all he wanted to talk about was his skills as a pass rusher. I thought he was very self-aware, which I appreciated. These guys you know, aren't always that. He said, look, I know I've got a lot of questions to answer as a pass rusher. Everyone knows I can stop the run, but I've been working extremely hard on my pass rush arsenal. 
you know, this time of year, this is pre-draft training already, right? Not just training for the combine, but training for the senior bull already. All these guys are in environments where they're being trained and they're being set up to thrive, whether that's Exos, whether they're down with Yo Murphy, whether they're in Tampa, whether they're down at, at Sanford Power in California. They're all being trained um, for these events. And I, I, I know he's been training really hard, working really hard on his pass rush. Arsenal wants to prove that he has go-to moves. He has counters. Uh, the bull rush has been, in bread, has, been, has been his bread and butter, which is pretty typical, in all honesty, of a of two-down you know, run stopper. It's the power that they usually win with if they're going to win as a pass rusher. But he told me he's been working on a ton of, a ton of counter moves. So I think he's uh, really, you know, preparing to surprise people at the senior bowl as a pass rusher. And I can't wait to see him do it because he's such a good kid. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really interesting to see some of these guys, like I said, just for anybody that hasn't had a chance to look at just even the rosters that are going down there. I know bit by bit, the senior bowl over on, on Twitter are releasing who's on each side and for bears fans, you, need, you should want to pay attention because Luke Getze is the head coach um, for the American team. So make sure that you do check that out because, look, it's always good when you're, one of your coaches gets to coach these guys because they get important time that you just don't get as, a, as another head coach. So, look, it's, it's really interesting. The rosters are, are stacked this year. We have two guys in the defensive line that have the same name. It's, it's always good. But look, Justin, I, I really appreciate you coming on. I know you're insanely busy. We, we really, really do appreciate it. Do you want to tell people some of the stories and some of the interviews that you have coming up this week so they can check them out over on the Draft Network? Yeah, I wanted to throw it to Seth really quickly. I think Seth wanted to get one more in. I've, I've got time uh, to certainly Oh, cool. Yeah, questions. go ahead, Seth. Did you have something you wanted to ask? You. <laughs> You're on mute. There we go. Had to, somebody's got to do it once. Uh, I, I tend to favor, you know, some of the the smaller school guys and, and the smaller guys in in this process. But um, one guy I'm not hearing really a ton about, but I think he's uh, like a special athlete. But he gets super knocks because of his side from the wide receiver position. That's Trey Tucker. I think he's a guy who can really win himself some favor um is that a person you've had a chance to, to talk to or talk to anybody you know about i think i think he's got some special speed a lot of people want to say you know jalen hyatt or addison is as fast people in this draft but i i think you know he's got he's got that you know second third and fourth gear um but you know being a shorter guy you know i i think he could really you know make some splash plays at, at the senior role I haven't had a chance to speak with him yet, but I would agree with your, with your overall assessment and, and what you see from him on tape. Uh, I think there's a chance for him to go down there and make himself some money. When I when I think of smaller receivers, and I think of them going to the senior bowl, it's so imperative that you prove you can get off man coverage, you could separate. A guy that did that last year, for example, was Calvin Austin, right, from the university, from Memphis. I thought he had a, a terrific senior bowl. Well, what ended up happening, I, I believe he got drafted within the first 100 picks. I think he went around 90th overall, if my memory serves me correctly, to the Pittsburgh. Steelers. So if a guy like that can go down there and make himself some money uh, and, and, you know, you got the official measurements, that'll be big for him. Teams will want to see what the official numbers are from a height weight perspective. And then you got to be able to show that you can hang physically. There are going to be some big corners out there, right? Ones that I mentioned, like like Julian, Julius Brents, for example, who's 6'4", 205. If he gets an opportunity to go up against him, can you get off, can you get, can you get off that coverage, your release package and all that? So It'll be big for him to go down there and prove that he can hang with guys of that size and stature. And if he does have a great week, 
as we saw with Calvin Austin, there's a chance for him to sort of elevate his draft stock. Yeah, absolutely. Look, like we said, Justin, we we really appreciate the time and we know you're insanely busy, especially now with, with this coming up. But like I said, just a, just a couple of minutes ago, is there anything that you want to let people know, of, maybe interviews that you've done recently that people might be interested in or ones that you expect to be coming over the next couple of days? Yeah, I appreciate that. You can follow me on Twitter at Justin M underscore NFL. You can read all of these interviews over at thedraftnetwork.com. Right now we're publishing like two or three a day. It's it's out of control. I'm getting I'm getting so much time with these kids. I'm so thankful for that. Um, ones that are coming up, we'll be publishing very soon. You mentioned some of the interior linemen might interest Bears fans. John Michael Schmitz, I just sat down with him uh, yesterday. Andrew Voorhees from USC, him and I will be sitting down uh, together tomorrow. That Keanu Benton uh, one will be going up soon. I believe Keon White uh, was previewed uh, today. Jake Hayner went up today. I mean, uh, the list goes on and on. Right about 30, 40 of them. Julius Brents is a guy I talked about. Xavier Hutchinson, all these ones previewed recently. Tajay Spears, uh, Seth, who you wanted to ask about. Uh, and, and there's just so, so many more on the way. Ronnie Bell will be publishing shortly. Luke Musgrave from Oregon State, I believe, publishes tomorrow. Again, two or three a day, essentially every day leading up to the Senior Bowl. If you just pop over to the draftnetwork.com and you just type in Senior Bowl into the search engine, you're going to get every single interview that I've done over these last three weeks. As I said, we've, we're already over 30 of them. So there are some really good ones. Matthew Bergeron, who, who I mentioned, we talked about. Darnell Wright is coming up soon as well, who I believe you brought up uh, as well. Uh, so there's there's a ton of them. Make sure you get over there, get familiar with these kids before the Senior Bowl. And there are some really good um, building questions uh, that you'll want to know for your team specifically. We talk about the schemes that they played in. Again, pass rush arsenals, favorite routes to run, uh, uh, coverages. So all kinds of questions um, that are sort of helping decipher what kind of teams they'll fit at the next level. So I think if you head over to the draftnetwork.com, get familiar with that series, you'll really enjoy it. Yeah, you mentioned one name that uh, a lot of Bears fans like in John Michael Schmidt. So I'm sure a lot of people will be going over and checking that one out. But look, Justin, we really appreciate your time. Have a great day. Pleasure was all mine. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks so much, Justin. Look, Seth, it's always great having someone on the show that has kind of this inside knowledge to getting to talk to some of these guys. Like that's that's one of the things that is really, really important that we get to see the outside. We get to watch these kids on tape. We'll get to watch the game. We can watch the practices. But actually just having that insight is it is really important. And for people that are listening to us now, if you're listening to on playback here as well. This is, and I've said this over on Twitter, I think this is going to be one of the more competitive weeks than we've seen in at the Senior Bowl because maybe it is because of those extra years of eligibility guys got and they're coming out now because you look at the rosters here and they are stacked. Like, you look at the offensive line. Like, we've been talking about some of these offensive linemen just in general, but... When I talk about some of the guys that are going to the senior bill, we have Jalen Duncan from Maryland, who we've spoken about. Matthew Bergeron, uh, who Justin spoke about there. You have Blake Freeland from BYU. Um, Tyler Steen from Alabama. Dewan Jones from Ohio State. Darnell Wright from Tennessee. Then if you look at the interior guys, now it could be interior or, on, or at tackle. Cody Mauck from North Dakota State. We have, um, who else have we spoken about? Jared Patterson, the interior offensive lineman from Notre Dame. Uh, Osiris Torrance, probably going to be the first guard taken off the board. You've John Michael Schmidt, who we spoke about. Andrew Voorhees, 
Aluatimi from Michigan. Like a lot of these guys are guys we've spoken about on the show just in general as guys that we are really interested in as Bears fans. But the fact that all these guys are actually going to the senior bowl and when you look at some of the defensive linemen that they could be coming up against, again, we've spoken about a lot of these guys. Tyree Wilson, Will McDonald, Derek Hall from Auburn, KJ Henry from Clemson, Byron Young from Alabama and Tennessee. For anybody who didn't get the reference that there's two guys with the same name, both defensive linemen. You have Andre Carter from Army, Zach Harrison, Isaiah Foskey from Notre Dame. Like Realistically, these two rosters this year are stacked and it's just going to make it so much more competitive. And even just in terms of the practices, those one-on-ones are going to be really interesting. Watching those offensive linemen go up against these pass rushers, it's going to be something that the Bears are going to look into really closely, but I think fans should really enjoy it as this comes up in a couple of weeks' time. <laughs> That's that time you're, of the day. Um, but yeah, no, I'm. Uh, it's it's going to be really exciting um, to see this level of talent in in um, the Senior Bowl is, is something you don't you know see every single year. I think it's going to be a very interesting time for these mid to late round receivers because you're probably going to see more effort from them. Than you have, you know, all season because this this is some of their chance. Like a guy like Cedric Tillman, who's basically just falling to the wayside, and all these mock drafts and everybody's conversations. I mean, I think he's got some of the best hands in the draft, and he's got a chance to go out there against, you know, some really quality corners and go make some plays. And you know, it's going to be really interesting just all around the D line, the one on ones, you know. There's there's so much talent in in basically rounds three through five of this draft that like you know you could really hit on some some real good starters and it's just gonna be it's it's gonna be fun to watch. Yeah, I know. Like for personally, I think it's those one on one styles gonna be just as important because when we unfortunately, and I think you look at the quarterbacks in in this that you don't know how successful it's gonna be in terms of the actual game because obviously. Hendon Hooker was supposed to play in this game, but with him tearing his ACL, the guys that are left are look Clayton Tune from Houston. Look, he's he's an interesting prospect. He's really, really accurate in terms of the short to medium term routes, but the deep ball still has a, a lot to be desired. You have Tyson Bajan from Shepard, who is that small school guy, puts up a load of yardage, has put up a load of like touchdowns and stuff and i think he had something like five thousand yards and 50 touchdowns in 2021 and then follows that up with over four thousand and forty one touchdowns so like he's a guy that is going to be interesting to see what he can do at kind of that step up because again when you play for shepherd you're not playing against any of these kind of elite competition so it's going to be interesting to see how he does um i think for him obviously can he be consistent with his balls like when there is tight coverage, where does he place that football? And that's what's going to be interesting because at the level that he's at, probably has a little bit more space than you would really get. You have a guy like Jake Hayner from Fresno State that everybody says in terms of like the athleticism is there, the arm strength is there. And the question will for him is realistically, if he was just that, I think a little bit bigger. A lot of people will be talking about him as probably a, a higher draft pick than where he's at. You've Jaron Hall from BYU. Now, 
he's an interesting prospect. The fact that what we saw the last time a quarterback from BYU came out and how he was successful in, in that offense and obviously Zach Wilson goes three. So the question would be, a lot of people have Jaron Hall in those top six to seven quarterbacks in this draft class. What can he do at the senior bowl to kind of cement himself as being that day two pick that a couple of people think that he will be? So that's an interesting one. And then finally, Max Duggan, again, just pure athlete at the position, an absolute playmaker. Like the interesting thing about him is that he wasn't the starter coming in, but the starter gets injured in week one. He comes in on week two and doesn't really look back. And those are the type of guys that you want to see um, kind of play playing more. And those are the those are the main ones that are going to be kind of playing there. I, I know I think earlier on there was there was questions about will any of these top guys go, but right now I, I don't believe that they have said exactly um that it haven't actually released the quarterbacks in full but right now those are the ones that it seems like are going to be there i know there were some rumors that would a guy like will levis go um it'd be great um but it'd again be great for us for sure it, it, it would be it would be really good for for us to see because look it'll be great it would be great for the wide receivers as well and the corners because you get one of the top guys but right now all we have are kind of the accepted invites um but again, not all of those have probably been released yet. So those are the five so far. In terms of the running backs, we've mentioned a couple of them. Cameron Peoples from Appalachian State is a really interesting one. Chris Rodriguez Jr. from Kentucky will be interesting. Again, Roshan Johnson, he's one that, I like I said on Monday, I think he fits the bill with the Bears just in terms of what he brings. You've Chase Brown from Illinois. Is going to be an interesting one. Eric Gray from Oklahoma. A lot of people are big fans of his. If you want one of the kind of closer schools to Chicago, you have Evan Hull from Northwestern. I was mm. lucky enough to be able to see him up close and personal in Dublin in week one of the, of the college football season. He was very interesting. Really good kid as well. Very, very – I was there in the post-game press conference and. He was there thanking everybody. Really, really good kid. Type of guy that you would want in the room. So it'd be interesting to see how he performs. Um, some of the names, like we mentioned, that receiver, you have a guy like Rasheed Rice. But then there's other lads like Andre Isavis from Princeton, a lot mm -hmm. of people are fans of. We mentioned Xavier Hutchinson, Dontavian Wicks from Virginia, um, Puka Nakua from BYU, a lot of people are fans of. Ronnie Bell. Again, I, I completely agree with kind of what Justin was saying is the fact that he has special teams gives him probably pushes him up a couple of people's draft boards where if someone saw him as like a sixth round pick, if he didn't have that, you're gonna kind of push that up a little bit. So that's an interesting one. But again, it's gonna be, I think, just the those one-on-ones. The fact that you have so many of those talented interior offensive linemen that are gonna be here. The fact that you're going to have an Andrew Voorhees and a John Michael Schmitz and a Osiris Tarns, like those are like the top three interior guys in the entirety of the draft, and they're all going to be at Mobile. So that's going to be a really interesting one. And guys, we've mentioned before, as if you don't get a guy like John Michael Schmitz, that Oluwatimi from Michigan is somebody that a lot of people are 
are fans of. I know yourself, you would you have a lot on a lot of say on him because obviously you support Michigan. You would have seen mm-hmm. him up close and personal. But he's a guy that I think a lot of people are looking forward to seeing. The fact that there's guys like Darnell Wright that are going to be there that a lot of people have been saying he deserves to be in kind of question to be a first-round pick this year. Other people say, no, he's a second or a third rounder. And this is the first step for him to prove that if he goes up against a guy like Tyree Wilson, he needs to hold his own. He needs to prove that he can do that. If he can do that, well, then you have a Tyree Wilson that people are saying should be a top 10 pick. And if if he's not able to beat a, a Darnell, right, well, then that's going to improve him a lot more as well. But I just like the competitiveness of, of this group. You have guys like we mentioned, Kanafowski from Notre Dame, Byron Young from Tennessee, but Andre Carter as well. He's always an interesting prospect with just his size and explosion. But realistically, there's you can go through so many of these positions and there's really not a weak one in the senior bowl. And that's one of the interesting things. Like DeMarvian Overshone, who a lot of people are interested in for – for the Texas is going to be at the senior bowl as well. So that's where I'm excited that there's a lot of these guys that we're talking about in general, not just for this preview of the senior bowl. And look, we will talk more about the senior bowl as it gets closer and closer. Um, but the fact that we're talking about these guys in our general draft draft videos, and now a lot of these guys are going to be at the senior bowl where typically in other years, you're talking about a bunch of these prospects and maybe like, 10% of the guys that you're actually talking about end up going to the senior bowl. Very, very interesting. Something that I'm looking forward to over the coming weeks. And look, I guess before we wrap it up, who are some of the prospects as you kind of read through the guys that are there that you've looked at, that you're actually really excited to see what they can do against some of these other talented players. Yeah. So as like I said before, uh, Spears from Tulane, I, and I agreed with what he said on the bouncing back from the injury and hearing polls talk about resiliency, resiliency, resiliency over the past, you know, year. I think he's somebody that does fit the bill, but I'm, you know, you know what he can do as receiver. It's going to be nice to see, you know, how he does in pass protection and, 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 and things like that. Like, I, I think there's really something to be said there. Um, I am really interested to see, you know, Trey Tucker and, and Tillman at wide receiver. You know, I, I think, they can show a lot and, and maybe cement themselves in, in that third round category, which, you know, I, or uh, with, with Tillman, with Tucker, you know, the, that's a guy who's maybe working himself to get drafted in the, in the seventh round. He's probably on most people's, you know, UDFA boards rather than like actual draft, but, you know, he gets out there, makes a few big plays and, you know, the bears could take a flyer on him, you know, later on in the draft. Um, but yeah, it's going to be the, the most important part of it. It's just going to be watching, you know, the both sides of the line. You know, it's the area the Bears need to improve the most because you improve that offensive line. You know, running backs perform better. QB has more time to throw, and 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 that's the you know the most important element is you know protecting the quarterback and and getting to the quarterback, and and that's going to be you know more exciting at the Senior Bowl than previous years for sure because you know usually you're seeing a bunch of, you know, fifth, sixth, and seventh round guys in the senior bowl who are really just trying to, you know, get into conversations versus established people. So I'm, I'm really pumped to see those, those one-on-ones, you know, and some of those smaller school guys, you never know, like, you know, some of them 
real small school offensive tackles or guards might, you know, push themselves into some conversations. And, and we know the Bears like to dip into the small school pond. So it, it's just going to be fun all around. Yeah, absolutely. It, it really is. And look, over the coming kind of week or so, we will be talking about these some of these guys in, in more detail. We'll go through some of these positions where really the, once, I guess, the two teams are kind of finalized because that's where it gets really interesting because then we get to see who's going to go up against who. Because right now, um, I think on the on the senior bowl social media channels, there they've been kind of releasing them bit by bit on the the two teams and who's playing for each of the teams. I think they announced the running backs. So on the American team, there's Eric Gray, Kenny McIntosh, Chris Rodriguez Jr., and Ty J Spears. And um, on the national team is Chase Brown, Evan Hull. Roshan Johnson and Cameron Peoples. So those are two interesting ones there. In terms of the defensive line for the American team, that'll be DJ Dale from Alabama, Ali Gay from LSU, Derek Hall from Auburn, Dylan Horton from TCU, Isaiah McGuire from Missouri, Zach Dickens from South Carolina, Jalen Redmond from Oklahoma, Tavius Robinson from Ole Miss. The two Byron Youngs are on the same team. From oh, Alabama and Tennessee, and then Cameron Young kind of fills out that defensive line uh, from Mississippi State. So that's the American defensive line. Now, a really, really interesting one for the national team defensive line. So Adebo Ware from Northwestern, and um, he's an interesting one because I think he's supposed to be transitioning to a five-tech Um during the senior bowl so that's going to be interesting to see how he does you have keanu benton which is an interesting one carl brooks who was someone we spoke about with jacob infante i think it was maybe a week or so ago you've jared clark yaya diaby from louisville isaiah foski from notre dame kj henry from clemson lonnie phelps jr from kansas you have thomas incum um as well from uh you have tyler lacy from osu Nesta Jade Silvera um, from Arizona State. And then Keon White is the interesting one from Georgia Tech as well. So some really interesting guys in terms of the defensive line and running backs. But those are the only ones that have been officially released of what team these guys are on. So I'd imagine these are supposed to be filtering out over the next day or two. So that's when I think when we get to see which offensive linemen are on each team, which pass rushers are on each team as well some of the again quarterback is going to be an interesting one to to monitor but look it is going to be an interesting time but before we go i think one of the big talking points over the last while has been the bears and kind of trading down and all this sort of stuff and it was something that i wanted to talk a little bit about today just because we see all these different trades where it's like five draft picks two players and all this so i wanted to get my opinion out there for people and look we're going to talk a lot about this on monday because we do have zach hicks on the show for anybody that doesn't know zach is a beat reporter for the indianapolis colts so we're actually going to get him on for the colts perspective and what he expects based on him being able to talk to chris ballard before kind of it's it's going to be interesting to see what his opinion is of this. But personally, I feel like 
the way this is going to go is you're probably looking if you're being realistic you're probably looking at obviously swapping draft picks is a given right but then you're probably looking at getting a future first round pick a day two pick probably a second rounder and maybe like a late day two to early day three pick this year and i think if you're trading down within the top five that's probably the trade you're not going to get what people need to remember is for trading down to like two three four or five you're not getting a massive haul that you expect people think that you're going to get like seven draft picks because we saw what kind of the 49ers and the Miami Dolphins were able to do but we need to remember where those teams were in terms of the draft so look I think it is the fact that we see like a trade that is for example a Quentin Nelson two first round picks two second round picks a third round pick and more and you'll see a lot of Bears fans say that's not enough yeah this is this is where I'm saying like all of this stuff that's kind of come out is setting some people up to be either angry or disappointed because they're not realistic. If you get a massive trade like that, that's unbelievable, but it shouldn't be the expectation. The expectation usually is if you're trading back, the first thing is if anybody's trading up, the first thing is you're getting an extra first round pick. So the 2024 first round pick is a given. The next thing is the Bears have to get back into the top of that second round mm-hmm. has to happen and then if there's other teams that are involved in trying to move up i think that's where the added picks can yeah. come in i don't the think you're gonna for sure the the only player i've said that makes sense and it's only because they can get off his cap hit and it's defarce buckner now i still don't think that's gonna happen i think that if you're getting someone like that you're probably not getting that second round pick so you're probably getting the two first and DeForest Buckner. But what people need to think of, if we're forgetting players for a minute, because you never know, the Bears might not want a DeForest Buckner because maybe they want to go young. They don't want to get a 30-year-old in here that's making a lot of money. Maybe they prefer the extra picks. I think in reality, you're looking at, like I said, you're swapping one for four, getting a 24 first-round pick, getting a second round pick in 2023 and maybe kind of like an early day three pick or a late day two pick in 2024 i think those are the likely scenarios and i think people need to people need to kind of get ready for for that happening well absolutely and it's so funny that you see some of this stuff and i mean i've added fuel to the fire by being like no we need everything you know and and obviously you know, it, it's more so meant as a joke or just sometimes as a making fun of some of these mock draft sites that like, you know, you can get somebody to give up their whole draft in three players. But for Bears fans, just look at what we gave up for Trubisky. That's probably realistically the model. When we traded up from three to two, obviously going from four to one, there's that's where you can get, you know, a little bit of extra stuff. We gave up our first, our third, fourth, and a third round in the next year. It's not like we gave up, you know, two first, a second, two thirds, and a bunch of like we didn't even give up a first the next year. Um, we used that to draft Roquan, you know, so we didn't even give up two first round picks to move up one. So 
getting that extra first round pick is what's going to allow that four to one flip. And yeah, you might get, you know, a second and maybe like either a second and a fourth or a second and like a, you know, a fifth and a seventh. Like there's, but the other thing is there's draft charts out there. Look and see what each of these draft positions point wise works out to. Obviously when you add in future picks, those values are cut down exponentially, but some of these things, like when you look at the math of what some of these people are, it's like, all right, you know, the Bears picks worth, you know, 3,300 points and the trade value of all these picks comes out to like 7,000. It's like, in no way is that possible. And they use these, they use these charts in the war room. Like, you know, they've talked to people, they, they know what these picks are worth. Yes. When you have a, like, if somebody really likes a quarterback and they think, you know, somebody else really likes it, you can drive up the price a little bit, but you know, you're not going to get three first round picks, two first or two seconds and, and two or three players to move up four spots. You know, somebody's going to move from nine to then one. You'll get a whole, then, then you're going to, that's a whole different conversation because you know, the, the future picks worth even less because, you know, obviously they're a middle of the road to better team and getting that, you know, quarterback theoretically puts them in a different position. But, you know, if you're getting a, a first round pick next year, from you know a, a team in the top five, that the reason you're not going to get a bunch more is that pick's worth a lot more because even if they get you know a quarterback, there's no guarantee they're going to get out of the top five or even into the top ten. So realistically, that pick next year is more than likely a top ten pick. So I mean that that all has to factor in because I, I saw one that literally I I almost just quit the internet for the day. It was Quentin Nelson, Michael Pittman, two first a second, a third, and then like next year's third. And I'm like, you might have something if you went first. That's like 10,000 points. Oh, God. It's it's an <laughs> infinite amount. And they're like, well, the, the, the contract are trying. I'm like, no, they're not worried about Quentin Nelson's contract. But if you're going to get a receiver added in from, you know, if you get Pittman, you're not getting Quentin Nelson. You could theoretically maybe get like, you know, two first, um, and then uh, his name escapes me, Paris Campbell. Campbell. You, you could get like a, a Campbell and then maybe like a third-round pick because, uh, you know, he's middle of the road. Yeah. His contract's almost up. But those are the types of players you're going to get. It's guys who are maybe about to get paid next year or, you know, not working with the new regime. But you're not going to get, you know, the number one receiver and a, arguably maybe a top five to ten guard in the league and then two first round picks. If you get Quentin Nelson, you know, you're probably getting one first rounder, Quentin Nelson, and then maybe like a five, a fifth rounder. Like that's the most you're probably going to get. People have to be realistic, look up a trade value chart, and that's going to help, you know, fix a lot of your guys' stuff because it's it's basic math. Yeah, because look, I I, I did this up the the other day and I I'm trying to remember exactly. I think you were saying the Bears number one pick is 3300 right yeah yeah so basically the colts first round pick this year first round pick next year and second round pick comes to about 3500 which is which there's wiggle room which is about right because it's never going to be even and the team trading down always gets more value anyway Mm -hmm. so you'd be looking at if you should be looking at a draft compensation of if the number one pick is worth thirty three hundred, you're looking at the thirty five to thirty six hundred of what the Bears would get back, 
um, because you're the team that is trading down and a team is more desperate to move up. So that's kind of what would happen. So that's why I've always said, I think the most likely scenario is you get the second round pick from the Colts, you get their first round pick next year and you swap picks here. And look, you could still get the player you were picking at one and you're back to the top of the second round that if you want to trade down in the second round, you can do that and get multiple picks that way. But it means that you haven't really lost out on anything. And the Colts are probably going to be a bad team next year as well. So like you're, you could get exactly who you want in the first round next year. Or if they're really, really bad, maybe you trade down again next year. So these are, these are some of the things that I think fans need to kind of have a look at and don't use the, in terms of for trades, the mock draft simulators are ridiculous. You can trade every single pick if you wanted to. Um, there's, there's one question here that we'll go to before we head off today. Um, yeah. And it is, do you get more from trading one to nine or from one to two, two to four, and then four to nine? Look, well, the- well, if you can go one to two, then two to four, then four to nine, that's like, I mean, first off, you have to, you're, you're losing out on a top five guy. So like, what's that worth to you? But obviously in that scenario, I mean, you probably just also got, you know, eight more picks added in doing that because you're probably going to gain one to two on each of those trades. Yeah, the the issue is, and I say this to people, it's hard to trade down once. It's very hard to trade down twice. It's almost impossible to trade down three times within one round, especially when we're talking with the first round because, Mm -hmm. again, like, it's – you have because there's to be only the, three real big name quarterbacks, and, and you if have you're to be in the perfect position, right? Yeah. Like at the end of the day, you would be better off, I think. In if we're talking about a more realistic way of things happening, is trading from one to four, and then let's say another team gets desperate when you're picking at four. If you want to move back again, that's cool, but I don't think that that's likely. I think you're more likely going to stick in at that point. The other side of this, if you did trade down to nine, you are probably looking at at least two first round picks. You're looking at a day two pick, probably two day two picks plus more. Mm-hmm. Because again, just the level that the Carolina Panthers would have to get to to reach the 3,300 points is ridiculous. But look, yeah. it's, it's going to be interesting to see how this comes up. I think we're still a while away from hearing any sort of legit interest slash rumors or along with this pick i guess the the last two little bits that we haven't got to speak about because the last show was on monday and kevin warren getting introduced to the chicago media very very good guy it seems guy that knows what he's doing he's prepared for this job second thing is the the news that came out today that ian cunningham actually rejected an offer from the arizona cardinals to become their gm to stay with the bears very good for two reasons. One, he gets to be involved with this really important offseason for the Bears. But two, is it seems that people are saying that he's doing this because he knows he's going to have the pick of a couple different places next year. Mm-hmm. Why that makes more sense or why it's important for the Bears is if they lose him this year, the Bears get nothing. If they lose him next year, they get two third-round picks. So Absolutely. that's why that's it's, it's so important for the Bears. 
even though I think they probably know they're going to lose him at some point, but at least now, barring any craziness that happens, all the GM slots are filled. So that means he is going to he's going to at least get the Bears back some sort of compensation rather than just losing him for free. But it's really good that he's there this offseason because this is going to be a really, really important one. There's a lot of guys in free agencies that, that he has links to that I think a lot of us are interested in. So, look, absolutely, guys, make sure that you stick with us for all of the for all the draft coverage. We're going to have a lot of free agency coverage over the next couple of weeks as well. Next week, like I said, we have Zach Hicks um, from Indy who's going to be talking to us about all these different trade scenarios, what he thinks Indy might be looking to do, what quarterback he thinks they might be interested in, the craziness with that coaching staff because – at the end of the day, that's going to pay a big impact on if they do move up with the Bears and who comes in. So that is something to monitor. So Zach will be with us on Monday, and that is at 3 p.m. Central Time. Next week as well, we will have a video on the kind of top wide receivers in this draft class. We'll be going through kind of our thoughts individually on some of these guys. So if there's anybody you want us to add into that, and um, please let us know. You can message us over on the Irish Bear Show over on Twitter. If there's anybody in particular you want us to look at, we'll be going through the film. We'll be giving our opinion on it. And eventually we'll do kind of our first initial rankings of these different positions. So look, guys, we really appreciate all the comments today. If you're listening to this back, please do like the video. Please do subscribe. It's really, really important. Get your comments in on players that you like, guys, that you want to hear us talk about a little bit more. If you're listening to us on audio, please give us a five-star review. And until next time, all we can say is bear down. Bear down.